Imagine with me in high school, you fall in love with the subject of science, and particularly biology and anatomy. You go to college on a pre-med track. That confirms that your career path will be medical research. You're assigned to a team discovering the genome sequence of a new but debilitating disease that's spreading across the globe. You pour yourself into your work, knowing you're making a difference. But you have to take a leave of absence because you yourself get sick. In a wicked irony, you discover you have the disease you've been studying. Now I'm betting when you come off that leave of absence, your first day back at work and all the days after will be different. It will likely be more intense, certainly more personal. This episode, I'm going to break with our chronological journey with Jesus through the Gospels to take you to a word picture Jesus gives. We're not going to fast forward very much in the chronology of the events, perhaps just a few months, but I think this word picture is necessary now. Whether you're spiritually curious or you're committed to Jesus, I think Jesus' word picture could change you from a student of the Bible to something a layer deeper. We're going to go to the account in Matthew chapter 11. I hinted at it in our last episode on Jesus choosing his apprentices. In Matthew chapter 11, he's assembled all 12 of those disciples and they're tagging along with him. So are a number of curious Jewish people and audiences that keep on growing. And there's a number of very angry religious people listening in. The Pharisees were the conservative religious people who never met a rule they didn't like. They believed they earned God their father's favor by doing his chores, and in particular, lots of little nitpicky tasks and rules they kept. And Rabbi Jesus, in front of his apprentice disciples, liked to challenge them on their do-chores-to-please-God theology. In this section of Matthew, the Pharisees are really turning up the heat on Jesus. Nothing Jesus does can please them. And they seem to be continually picking on his apprentices for breaking their do-your-chores-for-God rules. It's here we come to a word picture that may have changed the lives of many in his audience, and it may well change yours. Surrounded by Jews in his audience who had been picked on by the nitpicky do-your-chores-for-God rule-keeping Pharisees, and by his apprentices who were being picked on by those nitpickers, Jesus said this, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in spirit, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now those three verses, Matthew 11, 28-30, may not have struck you much right there, but I think, as I explain this to you, it may hit you pretty hard. Let me break it down piece by piece. Come to me. Some have called this passage the Great Invitation. He had challenged his would-be apprentices, his disciples, Come, follow me. Using the same language, he says to the rest of the people in his audience, Come to me. He explains who he's giving this invitation to in his audience, those of you who are weary and heavily laden, burdened down. What would that audience be burdened down with? The context clearly suggests these were religiously seeking people. What they were burdened down by and heavily laden over were all those nitpicky, do-your-chores rules of the Pharisees. 
Jesus promises to these folks who will come that he will give them rest. This is a pretty important word to understand. The word means wholeness, wholeness of body and soul. And I was made for this kind of sense deep inside. If you've grown up in a religious environment, I don't care what religion it is, trying desperately to keep a whole bunch of rules just wears you out and wears you down. Then Jesus extends the invitation, don't just come, take my yoke and learn from me. I'll get back to that yoke, that's his word picture, in a minute. But notice the invitation, come learn from me, be my disciple. That's what disciple meant, learners. Come beside me and let me be your mentor, your teacher, like these 12 guys standing around me right now, my apprentices. And what kind of teacher is Rabbi Jesus? He's gentle and humble in heart, not strict, not one who always has the grade book open, marking us satisfactory or unsatisfactory on each of our chores. He's a rabbi where you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus finishes the invitation by describing the yoke. It's easy and my burdens are light. Again, we need to know the definition at the time Jesus spoke these words. Easy meant it fit, and light meant it was manageable. It wouldn't weigh us down. To those listening to Jesus, the audience, or the twelve apprentices around him, this was a stunning contrast to the rule-keeping, do-your-chores-for-God Pharisees that surrounded them, that made their daily life both guilt-inducing and miserable. Which brings us to Jesus' word picture, take my yoke and learn from me. Unless you grew up in Amish country, you may not even know what a yoke is. But not one person in Jesus' audience had any question what he was talking about. A yoke was a harness you put on oxen to pull various farm implements, thick leather straps that went under the front of a cow or horse, and then a wood bar that went across the top of their shoulders. Those leather straps were cinched tight to that wood bar. The animals' heads were put through the loop between the straps and the bar, and ropes were tied from that wood yoke to the farm implement being pulled like a cart or a plow. Jesus, as you may have known, grew up in a home of a carpenter, Joseph of Nazareth. Since a young man was taught by his father a trade, it's almost certain Jesus knew how to work with wood and had built yokes with his dad in the wood shop. A local farmer would bring in his two cows. Normally it was an old, strong, experienced cow and a young one that the farmer wanted to train. Jesus and his dad would measure these cows and custom build out of a beam that wood yoke that custom fit each of the two cows. Those two cows would be placed by the farmer and the yoke side by side. Then they'd be hooked up to the farm implement, let's say a plow. The old experienced cow, she knew what was up. She'd start heading toward the field, dragging the young cow, her apprentice, next to her toward the field. Very likely, that young cow had other ideas, like I'm going to eat me some of that grass right there along the path. But the old cow wouldn't have it. Being stronger and experienced, she'd jerk the yoke and jerk the young whippersnapper back onto the path to head toward the field. For a while, that whippersnapper would keep chafing in the yoke. But after a while, he'd realize, you know, this isn't working so well. I think I'll just let her decide what we're going to do today. 
From the beginning, it was pretty clear the old, strong, experienced cow would do most of the pulling and all of the directing. The young apprentice cow would follow the tugs in the yoke and do his or her part to provide the cow power to get the job done. After working together for a while, these two would learn each other's moves and they would become a valuable team, a tractor. Now that you know that, let me read that part of Jesus' invitation again. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy, it fits, and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened down. That wasn't just his 12 apprentices, or even for that matter, that audience listening that day. He's making this great invitation to us. To us, he's saying, come to me. I've got a custom-built yoke just for you and me. Join me in a side-by-side apprenticeship daily, even moment-by-moment. I'll provide the direction. Just follow my lead in the yoke. I'll provide most of the power. In fact, let me provide most of the power. And over time, we'll become a team. We'll know each other's moves. No wonder they call it the Great Invitation. You may be thinking, that was a great invitation for those around Jesus. But if you haven't noticed, Jesus isn't here anymore. How can I join Jesus in the yoke? Now I'm about to make a statement, and some of you are going to think, I'm certifiably nuts. If you could present the two invitations to Jesus' twelve disciples, the invitation he gave them, come follow me, or the invitation he gives us, take my yoke and learn from me, those 12 apprentices around Jesus, they'd take the yoke invitation every time. Seriously? You're saying we have a greater privilege now than the disciples had walking with Jesus for three or four years? Jesus said that. Jesus is talking to his disciples the night before his death. They're really bent out of shape that he's going to leave. Jesus says, guys, It's really great that I'm taking off. Trust me on this one, because when I'm gone, being my apprentice is going to get a whole lot better. I'm going to send my spirit, not just to be beside you in the yoke, but inside you in the yoke. We'll talk way more about this soon. But there's two other reasons the disciples would take our invitation over theirs. One is the scriptures given to us as God's word as men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Through these words, Jesus continues to teach us powerfully, transformatively. His disciples didn't have acts through revelation. And the third reason they'd take our invitation over theirs are all the people around us, God's kids in the yoke with Jesus, learning to walk from his word. God places those folks around us in community to teach us and encourage us as apprentices of Jesus. Jesus' invitation to the yoke so grabbed my brother Tom that he had a jeweler fashion a small yoke out of gold. He keeps it around his neck on a chain. He wears it as a constant reminder that he's accepted Jesus' invitation to the yoke, that what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to be side-by-side in that yoke in an intimate daily apprenticeship, to remind him to obey the tugs in the yoke from Jesus, and to lean on him for the bulk of the power for his life, not to lean on his own strength. He's been wearing that for nearly 30 years, and I get the privilege as his little brother to watch what's happening in his life 
from where I stand, he's learning Jesus' moves. As we go forward in the Gospels, I want to challenge you not to be a student or researcher of the story, but to imagine yourself there besides Jesus in that yoke. And as you turn the pages of the Gospels, to ask yourself, what is Rabbi Jesus teaching me here as his apprentice? Okay, apprentices of Jesus, let's go back to following him around through the Gospels. Our next stop is a visit to the temple in Jerusalem. It's going to get exciting, and we'll see why in our next word picture.